Hello, fellow travelers, and welcome to episode 14 of the RV Connects podcast and the second episode of our Route 66 series. We're Melina. Dan. And together with our two girls, a teen and a tween, we are the RV Connects, lifelong road trippers who travel North America part-time in our travel trailer and demystify long trips. So essentially, yes, you can do them with your vacation time, and yes, they are worth it. Life is short, so why not hit the road while you can? If you haven't been following us on Instagram and want to follow along with our Route 66 journey, you can do so at RV Connects. We are also on Facebook at RV Connects, or you can check out our blog where we have our show notes and links to all of the places we've talked about on our shows at rvconnects.com. So again, welcome to episode 14. As we continue down Route 66, this is the second episode in our four episode series. We're detailing our 2018 cross-continental loop that took us over 9,500 kilometers and 26 days on the road. So if you haven't listened to leg one, I'll link to that in the show notes. And you might want to start there as we cover the first three days of our trip, which covered 2,223 kilometers, so about 1,380 miles or so, from our home in southwestern Ontario to Elk City, Oklahoma. And this represented a 22-hour drive time total, but that was without stops. And we did make a few stops. So if you haven't checked that out, go back and, and listen to episode 13, and you can listen to the first leg of our journey. So today we're covering leg two. So that goes from Elk City, Oklahoma to Williams, Arizona. So that took two days driving and we covered just about just over 1250 kilometers. So about 785 miles and 11 and a half hours of dry time. But man, was it ever packed full of stuff. Yep. So day four, just to recap the tail end of the last episode, we stayed in Elk City. We went to the National Route 66 Museum the next morning. Once we got up, it was closed. It was Sunday, but we were able to walk around because it's an outside open air museum. So then we headed on to Albuquerque for the night. Elk City to Albuquerque is about six hours, 45 minutes, but it was packed with stuff to see. It was probably one of the favorite travel days of the trip. Mm -hmm. So our first stop, we stopped in Shamrock, Texas at the Conoco station. So this is, um, it's called the U-Drop Inn and it's a gas station that was built in the 1930s. It's on original Route 66. And this place is fantastic. However, it's also a Sunday, so it was closed. So it is also a museum. You can go in and they have visitors that that, uh, help run it and you can ask them questions and you can see inside. Elvis Presley stayed there at the U-Drop Inn, which I think is pretty cool. And this building, it's it's very, very Art Deco. Like if you're going to pick any building on our trip that kind of represents the Art Deco movement, this would be the building. It's absolutely beautifully done. And it's a gas station. Like it's amazing to me how all of these buildings that were built to be just functional buildings were done with such care and design and detail. But this building was actually like mapped like brick for brick and recreated exactly the way it looks in real life in the movie Cars, the Disney movie Cars, where it is Ramon's paint shop. So I just think it was super cool. The kids were like so excited to see it. And what I found was really funny is that you've got this really old, old, amazing architectural gas station. And then like right beside it in the parking lot in the middle of Texas, like a tiny town in Texas where everybody drives big trucks, there's like a Tesla charging station, which I thought was really cool and cute, but absolutely a must see. It was a good spot to stop as well, because I think like right across the road, there was a McDonald's. There's a ton of place to park. We got um, like coffees and maybe a 
yeah. snack or something. Use the washroom, I think. Mm-hmm. It was RV friendly because we pulled right in. Yeah, it was it was a great place to stop. A must-see on old Route 66 is Shamrock, Texas. This is also where we learned about Big Vern's Steakhouse. Do you want to talk about Big Vern's? We haven't been there, but we have to go back. Like our kids are so mad that we didn't take them at like 11 o'clock in the morning for like a 12-ounce steak. Yeah, we just, you would see a sign every 10 minutes or so for Big Vern's Steakhouse and just made you crave a little bit of steak along the way i think that was also where melina jumped into the driver's seat and we found out she has a heavy foot and i could just hear the truck going (laughs) with the gas because i think she likes to do about 80 miles an hour just because the sign says you can do 80 miles an hour doesn't mean you have to do 80 miles okay we didn't quite do that because i know it is not safe to do that towing however i did lay it down a little bit because there was no wind it was a sunny day we had places to be And Dan is just saying this because Dan had this thought in his head, which he didn't share with anybody, but he actually wanted to get all the way to the Pacific Ocean and back. And he wanted to have the best gas mileage that anybody has ever had towing a trailer ever. So he was like obsessed about like, like you have to go like 91 kilometers an hour because that's the optimum gas mileage. But I didn't know that and he didn't share that with me. So So as the guy who picks out the gas stops, what I will tell you is as you make this trip down the road, you could hit a tailwind one day and pick up an extra 100 kilometers, 60 miles to a tank Mm -hmm. and hit a headwind the next day and lose that in gas mileage just which is kind of interesting. I mean, hey, if you're into RV and then mileage, miles per gallon is really shouldn't be a concern but Mm -hmm. melina's right i did have a bit of an obsession with it but your dad was interested in it too so that's okay Mm -hmm. so i think we also knocked off the cadillac ranch which is half a dozen eight cars stuck in their bumpers into the ground it's really just didn't cost us anything i don't think no but one thing with the cadillac ranch is we actually had to pass the cadillac ranch turn around and come at it from the other direction because we knew this beforehand from research that if you are driving a trailer or a bigger vehicle or an rv of some sort the shoulder on that side of the road like as you're pulling up there's nowhere to turn around and the shoulder from that side of the road is it like there is no shoulder so you cannot park so we actually had to bypass the cadillac ranch get off at the next exit and then head back going east so there was a and it was still a soft shoulder don't get me wrong like you have to be very careful but that's pretty much the only place to park is like just you just stop at the side of the road and get out so we didn't stay there long maybe 10-15 minutes and people spray paint the cars and so for all you cheapskate dads out there don't worry there's enough half-used cans of spray paint lying, lying around on the ground that your kids can participate too and it won't cost you any money well that's because it's technically illegal to spray paint the cars although everybody does it so we didn't bring our own cans in so technically we weren't breaking the law but if we picked some up off the ground then according to our kids that's okay because there was still a little bit left and It was just going in the garbage anyway. So, and I'm sure, honestly, there was a ton of people there. It's kind of one of those, you can hit it or you can miss it. I'm glad we stopped because it's iconic and you get some really good pictures out of it. But like, there's so many people there that I guarantee you, like 10 minutes after we spray painted our names on the cars, like they were already covered over with somebody else. But But you got to get out and stretch your legs anyways. Yep. And then I think we pushed on to the Midpoint Cafe. Yeah. We've talked about this like three times on the show, but here we go again. Yes. It's where my daughter ate three pies plus a huge burger and... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. a bottle of pop and still wanted more but absolutely great food and I think we were all just starving when we got there mm-hmm. so they're really only open till like two o'clock in the afternoon though so if you want to go there they have a fantastic breakfast they have a fantastic lunch and they have the most amazing pies on the planet but if you're going to go make sure you hit it before two o'clock because they do close and the great thing about the midpoint cafe is it is exactly halfway between Chicago and and Santa Monica so there is a there is a sign there's actually a line on the road or there's supposed 
supposed to be a line on the road, which demarks the exact halfway point, And it makes for a lot of really great photos. And my parents did this trip prior to us following most of the same places we went in May of that year. And the line was on the road. And when we went in July, it had like freshly been paved. And so they paved right over the line. So the line was gone, but the sign was there and it demarks the exact halfway mark. And there's a little uh, stand you can put your camera on to take a photo of your family, which is really cool. And there's an old gas station beside the Midpoint Cafe that's got some antiques and collectibles and whatnot. And that's where we picked up our Easy Route 66 guide, which we believe we probably should have picked up earlier than we actually did. And we mentioned that on episode one. I am going to link to this book in every single episode. And like I said, this was something we didn't really find out about until halfway through our trip. And it's kind of like that insider's guide, like everybody who's an insider on Route 66 knows about this guide. So this guidebook is like a little coil bound, I don't know, it's like six by nine, maybe like it's not very big, but it's a little coil bound book that has all of the old parts of Route 66 tells you where you can and can't go in an RV or a trailer. And it was probably the most valuable bucks we ever spent on the trip. So the Midpoint Cafe is something I think that is an absolute must do cannot be missed. After that point, we passed into New Mexico. So we really I mean, Texas, you are really only crossing like the panhandle is very small, like a couple of hours and you're through it. And Then we went to a really cool town and I know I'm going to murder the name, but I think it's Tucumacari, New Mexico. And that is where they have probably one of the best stretches of old Route 66 that we've seen in terms of buildings with like the old neon signs that have been totally restored. There is the very, very famous Blue Swallow Motel, um, which if you Google it, I'm sure you'll have seen pictures of it elsewhere. But this motel is like one of these little roadside motels. And I think it was built in the 20s or the 30s, but it is button cute, like it's been restored. And every single motel room has its own single car garage. And that's kind of what it's famous for is you would roll up to the motel and just pull your car in the garage and you'd have your own garage at this, you know, $4 roadside motel for the night. And it's it's super cool. So the only regret I have about that town is like, I would have liked to stay there and just walk the strip of this downtown at night and see all the neon. But it was like the middle of the afternoon. So none of that stuff was lit up, but equally cool to see on the road. Yep. And then I think our next stop was into the Albuquerque Walmart just to pick up resupply basically and walmart is not a destination everybody's got a walmart but i think this is the point on the trip where you have to remember it wasn't too far before this we were in st louis and it was trees and hills and it kind of looked not a whole lot different than southwestern ontario but by the time we got to oklahoma and we're going through day three and day four and on into day five the scenery would change like every 15 minutes Mm -hmm. there was a new geological feature and i think the albuquerque walmart is symbolic of that in the sense that the Walmart stocked Southwest type foods. It was definitely a different experience, Mm -hmm. even though there's Walmarts all over North America. Mm -hmm. Really easy to swing into with your trailer, park it to back it in, get groceries, restock, and then kind of just push on to the other side of town Mm -hmm. to the Enchanted Trails RV Park, which again was another great find on RV Parky. And this was a last minute find because we were going to stay at the Albuquerque Walmart, but the crime rate in Albuquerque is actually really, really high. Like they have one of the highest crime rates 
in the United States. And we didn't feel unsafe there at all. Like everybody was really friendly when we stopped for stuff, but we decided to use RV parking to find an, a different place to stay. Also too, we we kind of changed plans on the fly because Dan mentioned in previous in the previous episode, it's a whole lot easier or a whole lot better for us anyway to pay, you know, 20 bucks American a night and have a site with full hookups and mostly so we can run the air conditioner than it is to boondock in the middle of the desert in July. It, it was hot, man, like really hot. So we decided not to stay at the Albuquerque Walmart. So we found Enchanted Trails just by chance. And there was a, there was a couple of places in that area. Um, but we just figured, you know what, this one's right on old Route 66, it's right off the interstate, let's give it a try. And it was probably like, I tell every single person who's going down Route 66, if you're stopping in Albuquerque, go here. It was fantastic. They had a super clean pool, a little trading post with gifts, probably one of the best sunsets I have ever seen. We took from the back fence of that park, looking over the fields into the New Mexico mountains. Like it was absolutely beautiful. And they also have, I don't know, what do we say? Like six vintage trailers and cars yeah a little outdoor display kind of like you could rent them though oh could you yeah they had like six or eight like vintage trailers like old airstreams and like vintage cars hooked up to vintage trailers with um astroturf and like vintage lawn chairs outside and you can actually rent these and they were it was amazing it was the coolest park ever and i think we just like cooked some pizza that night and watched the sunset and it was it was like that much needed like decompress like you could feel the air changing into like this, this, you know, really warm, dry desert air. And it was just kind of like when we hit Albuquerque, we could feel like we were on truly vacation because it was stuff that we had never seen before. Yeah, so that was really cool. And, you know, just a great spot to recharge. I think I'm pretty certain it's right beside a camping world as well. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you needed to get parts, that's kind of handy. We didn't. So that's fortunate but if i also recall as you're coming from the east to the west that put us on the other side of albuquerque when we started out for the day which yes, kind of was important. good you know it's always good when you're traveling through a city if you have the opportunity to get the far side of the city then you don't need to fight rush hour the next morning but mm-hmm. we get up the next day day five at this point it's albuquerque to williams arizona which is really was where we were going to settle before going into the grand canyon so that's 550 kilometers about 345 miles a short five-hour drive for us that day and so we stopped at the chief yellow horse trading post on the new mexico arizona border which was kind of cool little handmade crafts and artisan type things to the right and then if i recall there was a, a rest stop down to the left where mm-hmm. we kind of where i think we had lunch stretched our legs that kind of stuff yeah we just we rolled out the awning and had our lunch and it was quite kind of cool because i think if it, across the interstate there was like cross-country trains and every so often you'd see like a freight train come by at the bottom of these like red rock mountains. It was really cool how quickly, as Dan mentioned, the scenery changed. But we, I think we took so long at this trading post and just chilling out and just relaxing that we actually had to knock something off our trip. And Albuquerque to Williams is only like a five hour drive. So we were like, yeah, no problem. We put Meteor Crater on our list, which was something that, it's cool. We want to see it. But I think you need a couple hours to see it, especially if you're going to like hike down into the crater. And we just, we realized at that point by the time we see all this other stuff we want to see we're gonna have to knock like something's got to give so we decided to knock meteor crater off the list but definitely i think we could skip you know some of the stuff we did see the next time we go back and make time for meteor crater but after the trading post we went to holbrook arizona to the wigmom motel which we all know is very famous they've got kind of like teepee looking uh hotel rooms and that of course was the inspiration for the cozy cone motel in the disney cars movie and it was actually really fortunate because was it you or fiona who ran into the cleaning lady 
I'm not sure who, but we all did get to take a look. We got to take a look inside the rooms because the cleaning lady was coming out of one of the rooms as we were just kind of standing there trying to look in the window. And she's like, yeah, go in, go on in, have a look. So um, we got a couple pictures and and whatnot of the inside of the rooms. It's pretty original, I would say. They they do their best to keep it very vintage inside. So the Wigwam Motel was pretty cool because they also have a bunch of vintage vehicles outside parked there to give it ambiance. And I think Holbrook had dinosaurs or something. There was like these big plaster dinosaurs that you'd see like in a theme park or something on the side of the road. It was just one of these cool Route 66 towns that have neat stuff to look at. Yeah, so I think we got back on the highway, got rolling down the highway again, and I made us get all off the highway. I think people were getting cranky in the afternoon, but I forced us off the highway to follow the original Route 66, and that Mm -hmm. brought us into Winslow, Arizona, you know, from the Eagles song. And so we were standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. We were quite the sight to see. Mm -hmm. See that good dad joke there? (laughs) But actually, it was a really cool town, really easy to get down. I think I had to drive around the block with the trailer, but we ended up parking on Main Street with the whole trailer, the Mm -hmm. whole rig, and getting out, stretching our legs, and seeing something cool, taking a couple of pictures. There, there's the truck is there yeah there's a there's a flatbed ford uh right on the corner so you can take some photos and with some statues and things but winslow also had that tiny tiny little chapel like the world's smallest chapel or america's smallest chapel remember it was like this tiny oh, little like phone yeah. booth size like chapel on the main street like it's just a cool town to see i really liked winslow and actually one thing we didn't realize was there until after we left and we were watching a documentary there's this really amazing like we would call them in canada like the cp era railway hotels so like the royal york and all of that kind of stuff but in it's one of these old turn of the century first part of the 20th century railway hotels and they've actually renovated it to a very high standard it's right on the railroad tracks in winslow so i'll have to look up the name but definitely i want to go back to that like dan said you're never going to see all of it but one of those kind of spur of the moment things and then we push on from there to williams arizona we got in in pretty good time the sun was still up chance to just recharge and and re-energize ourselves because keep in mind up until this point it was stay overnight in one spot and move down the road and when mm-hmm. we got to Williams Arizona which kind of reminded me a little bit of Whistler in some respects but in any case that's another story um it's an RV resort we're staying there for two nights Mm-hmm. Uh, you go in, you check in. There's a proper hotel. I think we went over there for a buffet bre- dinner. Buff- buffet dinner. We had buffet dinner there. Um, There's a little bit of a show in the evening. Hooked ourselves up, got cleaned up. And then we walked into town. Which uh, when he says walked into town, it's like, I don't know, 200 meters. Like it's, Oh yeah, not far. You yeah. know, not even half a mile into downtown. But we stayed at, it's called the Grand Canyon Railway and RV Resort. Yeah, but just, you know go back to our RV resort versus RV park versus, Mm -hmm. you know, boondocking differential episode. And it was a really nice spot to do that. I think they've, you might have did laundry in there, but in any case, it doesn't matter. Most important part I love in the downtown is just the cool retro downtown. And Mm -hmm. I think I had the best Navajo tacos. I never knew they were such a thing, but I had Navajo tacos. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing I just got to hit on again is the scenery is changing every 15 minutes just there's massive trains out in the desert and then there's mountains and then there's trees and then there's back to mountains and desert and it's just all over the place just incredible and Mm -hmm. it was from there we use that as our jumping off point to get up to the Grand Canyon Mm -hmm. one thing I would say I would definitely spend more time in Williams because Williams has a very like pumping nightlife like everybody is out 
downtown. Like everybody goes downtown every night. There's like gunfights like they do. uh, Recreation gunfights. Theatrical gunfights in the street, like Old West style where robbers come and, you know, they have, it's, it's amazing. Like it's just a super cool town. Everybody's out. The patios are open. The drinks are flowing. Like people are having a great time. You could probably have a week in Williams and not get bored. There's a couple of really great microbreweries in town. It is a fantastic place. There's a place we had breakfast, which the girls don't remember stopping here, but I do because this place was famous for pie and I didn't want to order a pie at breakfast because I thought that would make me look like a glutton, but I'm really sad that I didn't try the pie because they had one of these like amazing pie cases where they lay out all their different types of pie, but the breakfast was really good too. So next time we go, I'm just going to eat a whole pie by myself. One of the great things about this place was that the train like we the rv park is literally right beside the main building which is also a hotel and the train station and you take a steam powered train up to the rim of the grand canyon and that's one of the places we decided to stay there we thought that would be a cool treat for the kids instead of trying to drive up the camping at the grand canyon fills up really really fast and there are some public lands and things you can camp on the side of the road but we just thought this would be a really cool place to stay and a treat to give the girls to to go up to the rim in this train. Yeah, and we really only had a day, so it was nice and easy. Show up, get on the train in the morning, ride the train up, just slightly longer than an hour, maybe an hour and a half, doesn't really matter. Good up to the Grand Canyon, there's a bit of entertainment on the train as you go. Mm-hmm. You get off, you get very strict instructions not to miss the train, because mm-hmm. it's a long walk home. Um, yeah. And then you just get to see the whole Grand Canyon from the national park setup that they have there actually walk down 10 minutes on the trail just to get a little feel but mm-hmm. absolute great day and then back on the train yeah so you really have to watch like like watch your timings and like have a have a look at the clock because i think we ended up with like three hours there and like dan said they were very explicit the train leaves at three o'clock if you're not on the train or i don't know if it was three or four or whenever we left but they're like if basically that's it like we're one minute late and you're we're waving at you as we're pulling out of the station they have a very strict schedule so they drop you off where the train drops you off is right at the base of the el tovar hotel which is the big famous very very old hotel on the south rim of the grand canyon so you walk up the steps and you walk past the El Tovar and I was looking at the kids' faces because we've talked about the Grand Canyon and we've seen the Grand Canyon in photographs, but to see it in real life is like, it's mind blowing. Like it's still, you look at the Grand Canyon, you're standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and it like reveals itself to you as you walk past the hotel. And it's it's still almost like you're looking at a photograph because your mind can't comprehend the absolute scale of the canyon, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I don't know how, to, how else to explain it, but it still almost doesn't look real when you're standing right there and looking at it. Yeah, so it was just incredible. When we arrived, we walked along the rim. And then after we got our first impression of the canyon, of course, everybody was hungry. It was about one o'clock, I think, by the time we got there or shortly before. And so we walked along the rim and then we we kind of took a turn left into the village, uh, the Grand Canyon Village. And we went to Yavapi Lodge, which there's a pizza joint inside the lodge, uh, which is like fresh wood-fired pizza and it was fantastic pizza our kids are pizza snobs they really judge the crust the quality of the crust of every pizza i think they've ever eaten but it was it was a quick pizza it was fast it was delicious it was the perfect sustenance we got to see some of the other hotels in the village and then we walked back to the rim as well and then when we walked back to the room we arrived right at the bright angel trailhead which is one of the main trailheads going down into the canyon and 
if you stand at the Bright Angel trailhead and look down, way down, you'll see a grove of trees, a lonely grove of trees at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And a guide told us that if you leave at 5am, they get to that grove of trees by high noon and they camp there because there's quite a difference in temperature between the top and the bottom of the canyon. So that was actually kind of a cool thing to see because it provided some scale so you could figure it out. If you're going to walk down the Bright Angel trailhead or any of the trailheads while you're there, just know that it's busy. So you're gonna actually have to stop and like put your back against the canyon wall to let people pass you. And it's going to take you twice as long to get back up as it does to go down. So keep that in mind if you have taken the train up there and you don't have all day and all night that we walked maybe 10 or 15 minutes down and then we kind of got into a bottleneck on the trail and we realized, you know, we're not equipped to to go any further and it's going to take us that much longer to get back up. So we walked down, you know, 10 or 15 minutes and and walked back up and got some ice cream. But uh, that's a good thing to note because you will be left behind. And one other thing to note, I think probably about the Grand Canyon is is the walls are like knee high. If you go over that rim ridge, you're going down and you're not coming back up type of thing. Like it's, it's, you have to have a great respect for nature. If you're going to visit a park like this, don't go traipsing down any of the trailheads wearing like wedge sandals. Have respect for the fact that yes, it's a, a main tourist area, but it's still a very natural resource and a natural park by design. And you can get yourself into a lot of trouble if you kind of aren't prepared for what you're doing. So don't go crazy. If you're only there to look at the rim and take some cute photos for Instagram, then that's all you're going to do. And if you're going to, if you want to hike it, then you're going to have to come back on a different day with that sole thing in mind. And that's the nice feel of the Grand Canyon. As much as there's a tourist set up there, there isn't, you know, a big 10 foot fence holding you back from the edge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, act like an adult so that we can all enjoy it as adults. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So then on the train back, it went fairly smoothly. We had to stop twice because there was actually some brush fires and things along the way. Yeah, nobody wants to see a wildfire, but the girls got to see a wildfire crew out there cleaning up a small grass fire, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. And I won't ruin the surprise, but... On the way back, you you might come across some people of a less than savory nature who might want to steal your goods. But it was a it was a great train trip for girls. And as Dan mentioned, there's like entertainment on the way up. And Isla got to play the fiddle with the entertainer on the train, which was really cool. I'm sure she's super embarrassed about it still, but she did a very lovely job. Yep. And then I think that gets us back into the park, really, mm-hmm. before we pick up the next day and push on to California. So that, that was day six. So we got to uh, Williams on day five, we spent day six in the Grand Canyon. And then day seven, We arrived in Anaheim. We arrived in California. So that's the focus of next episode, which is episode three of our four-part series. And we're going to talk about all of the time we spent in California because we did spend a week there in California, um, Anaheim, Southern California. We went to Central California and we're going to talk about Las Vegas as well. So there's... A lot to unpack in that episode. There's a few stories. Uh, One of the girls threw up. Uh, We had a little bit of interesting time crossing from Arizona into California. So there's a few stories on the next episode. For sure. And we look forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye.